In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a -a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Players Podcast, where I am here for all of you past, present, and future players. This is a place where we keep it real and hear from athletes on who they are beneath the jersey and off the field. Without further ado, I am Sydney Supley. I am your host. From the Players is presented by Sports Entrepreneur and part of the Cast Source Podcast Network. You all, this podcast is so powerful. I had to take a minute after recording this because it was truly so special. And I am thrilled for you all to hear from Oklahoma Sooners two-time national champion, Jada Coleman. But truthfully, this podcast is a testimony on how there is so much more than what meets the eye to a person. For years, people have been falling in love with the Coleman energy that Jada brings to the field. But I cannot wait for you all to fall even deeper in love with the Jada off the field that comes out in this podcast. Welcome back to From the Players. I am your host, Sydney Supley, and I am so excited to welcome a very special guest with us. We have two-time national champion and All-American Oklahoma Sumers, Jada Coleman. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I mean, it is my pleasure. I have been playing against you on the diamond for a few years, but just really like watching you play and grow up. And I have to say, there's one thing I've always loved about your game, and that is your passion. Like it is on the next level. And I'm not just talking like your sports center, ESPN, like robbing home runs, but you're out there, you're screaming, you're excited. And like, where do you get this passion from? I don't know. I think I truly, when I got to college, I fell in love with the game, obviously. I think I lost it a little bit when I was in high school, just because you're just kind of doing the same thing over and Mm -hmm. over. And just trying to chase for a national championship, obviously, gets me fired up. But most importantly, the girls on my team. I mean, I would ride or die for those girls. I would run through a brick wall for Jordy Ball or any of our (laughs) pitchers. But I get that passion because of them. And I honestly, truly want to see them succeed because we're in practice and I see how hard they work. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we're the only ones that know the crap that we go through. I mean, this life is really, really hard. I don't think a lot of people see what's going on after the game, before the game, in between the weeks, during class. And we see that for each other. So like when I see someone make a great play, I'm like, let's freaking go. Like, yes. it's all worth it. It's all worth it at the end. So I think that's where I really get my passion from is just Honestly, I do it for my teammates and I actually truly love all my teammates. Yeah, I love that so much. And I actually want to ask you a little bit more about that high school time because, you know, obviously like younger girls, they see you and you're living this perfect life in a lot of their eyes. And to know that somebody they look up to maybe didn't love the game at all points, like how are you able to work your way through that and just stick with the game during those times? Yeah, It was really difficult. I got my first offer in the summer of my sixth grade year. Mm -hmm. Back then, there wasn't rules. So 
So I was literally going on visits to the University of Florida, Oklahoma, Texas in the seventh grade. So I was going to Florida like, oh yeah, I really like the colors. But like, <laughs> what is the passing period time? Like, cause I was in middle school. You had like oh five gosh. minutes to get to your next class. I actually asked him all of that. I was like, <laughs> so what's the, like passing periods? And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, how much time do you have between classes? And he's like, oh no, like you just have classes and you just go to class. Like you have an hour and a half, you're like, whatever. But it was difficult because I was so young. I didn't know really what was going on. I was just kind of going with my gut and like trusting Mm -hmm. my parents. But in high school, I mean, they have rankings when you're a freshman in high school, you're 15 years old and they're ranking you number one in the nation, which I was proud of at the time, but I didn't realize how much pressure that would Mm -hmm. have on me, my sophomore, junior year, also playing on the USA team. Every time I went out and played, there was people saying, you're never going to be a left-handed shortstop. You're never going to make it. And like, I was 15 years old hearing that from grown parents. Yeah. And I think, not that I fell out of the love with softball, I fell out of love with all the stuff that goes around softball and all the talk and the pressure behind it and the interviews and like that kind of thing. But I never lost the game or the love for the game. It's just all the other stuff that kind of goes around it can get really tough. Absolutely. I mean, similar experience. I committed my seventh grade year and it's just nuts Mm -hmm. to think about, you know, the kids we were then and how we had no idea what we were choosing. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing you, obviously I played for the Bandits, and I remember watching you because I'm left-handed too. I mean, I could never yeah. be a shortstop very much, <laughs> just a pitcher in a first base. Yeah. But still, like, I love seeing a left hand. And, you know, that's just where I'm sure you just got a glimpse of people trying to put doubt in you, right? Because they were, mm-hmm. imit- like, they were jealous. And you probably see that on such a higher scale, obviously, now being back-to-back national champions, being ranked number one all the time. How did those lessons when you were young prepare you for kind of the stage and the platform that you have now that only comes with even more pressure? Yeah. I think you honestly just kind of get used to it. I think I learned at a very young age, no matter what you do, there's going to be someone that's going to tear you down regardless. (laughs) And I actually kind of run into that stuff now. I think sometimes I push people the wrong way when I'm so passionate and I'm always yelling and I can tell some players are like, ugh. Like, why she act like that? And like, whatever. I'm like, I just do me. And like, regardless, if I do do me, someone's not going to like it. If I don't do me, then my coach is not going to like it. So it's like, <laughs> I might as well just do whatever my heart feels. As long as I'm not being disrespectful to anybody, like, mm-hmm. it's just all in love of the game. And I think I just learned at a very young age, like, just be you. And 90% of the time, people are going to love it. And the mm-hmm. best that in your circle are going to tell you the truth when you're being out of line and when they think that it's right. And I think that's what I learned is the people in my circle will tell me, hey, Jada, like, not that. Don't act that way or whatever. Or Jada, you're doing good. Like, little girls need to see that you can show passion. You can show emotion. You can act like every other guy. Yes. Why do we have to act like ladies on the field? We're all athletes. Absolutely. So that's a whole nother controversy I can get into about oh, yeah. how guys act on the field, how I act on the field. but. All in all, I just got to be me. And regardless, at the end of the day, if I feel like I'm doing what's right, then that's what's right. I had such a good conversation with Kiki Malloy from Tennessee last weekend Mm. on that same thing, you know, because, you know, she's called crazy and how, you know, she needs to act more like a lady, which it's such a double standard. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, I want to talk to you about your time at Oklahoma. Obviously, you guys have built this 
legacy in the making. And, you know, I have a ton of respect for your program specifically because, you know, I'm taught by Michelle Gascoigne-Smith, who mm-hmm. is a yeah. former alum, helped you guys win 2013. And kind of what would you say the secret is to like what you guys are building? How are you guys so competitive year after year? I don't know. I guess Coach Gaston just has her ways. Mm-hmm. A lot of people talk about championship mindset. And it really, I don't know if I would say championship mindset, but it is the mindset that we come every single day. And I think the biggest thing for our team is we know we can't give 100% every single day. There's a lot of times I come into practice and I only got 10%. Oh my gosh, I don't have it today. I can bring my energy because that's something I can control. Mm-hmm. But the competitiveness, like effort, that's something that you can bring every single day regardless. And I think everyone is having the understanding that, all right, today I only got 20%, but I'm going to give all my 20%. Or if someone next to me is like, I got 100% today, so I'm going to pick you up. Like mm-hmm. if you're making an error, like I got right behind you or like I can get, like we can get through this practice together. And I think honestly, our players, it's hard to be on good terms with 20 girls. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get caddy, we get whatever, but I think this team and every year, we all just have a certain level of respect and we're all on that same page and we're trying to win a national championship. I don't care what you did two weeks ago and that you made me mad. Like mm-hmm. we're trying to win a championship and when we get into the field, like there's no confrontation, there's nothing. And I think we're all just on the same page of we're trying to win a national championship. And we know that chemistry is a big thing when it comes to that. And we have to understand that it's us 20 versus everyone. Like, yes, the coaches are on our team. Our fans are on our side, but they have no idea what we're going through. Only us 20 on this softball team know all the stuff that we have to go through. So there's bonding in that, really. Yeah. I mean, obviously, with the platform that your team is on, I feel like the whole country is always trying to like get a glimpse and understand your story. And you talked a few times, you've mentioned that like inner circle Mm. for you, like how important is it to have those inner circle where those people like really know you, they know your team, they understand you guys on a different level. Yeah. I think it's 1000% important because people think what I show on TV when I'm robbing home runs and hyped up is how I am all the time. (laughs) And I'm not, I probably look like a very social butterfly, always talking and I'm not. Like I most definitely like to be isolated in my own room, lights off, don't talk to me. Like just (laughs) people honestly think that's how I am all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think even some of my teammates probably don't even know that because they don't see me at home all the time. They just see me at the field. Mm -hmm. But like my roommates, like Nicole May, like she plays softball with me, obviously. And she sees me at home. And I think she sees that side of me like, don't bother her. She doesn't want to be a social butterfly all the time. She's not always trying to talk all the time. And I think it's just important for people that are in that circle to know both sides because mm. what you are on the field isn't always what you are off the field. And I think it's important for them to know that. And it's hard to say that to the world or right. on the screen. Like they don't see that part of me. Right. So when you say like, I got to do me, you said earlier, mm. like, what does that mean in terms of like, is that you, you got to be able to shut it off once you're off the field and like, you know, take time for yourself so you're full so then you can give that energy mm. when you're on the field. Like, what does that look like for you? Obviously, like you mentioned, taking space to yourself, your own quiet time. So then you're ready to go when you step on it. So I feel like obviously the very intense games, like when we're playing like top ranked teams, it naturally comes out. I can't hold mm-hmm. it back. It's just whatever. It's the other games where you're playing 80 games a year. It's really hard to bring that Jada Coleman energy every single game. And I think 
sometimes I even feel like, okay, well, you have to do it, kind of. Like, this is the expectation that not just like everyone that's watching, even my teammates, I feel like they're like, all right, like, I can't hear Jada. She's in center field. Like, where's that talk? Or like, I'm pointing at people. And like, sometimes the expectation, like, all right, I had to keep it up, which is actually good because sometimes you can get lost in games, especially yeah. when you're five games a weekend. And that third game, you're like, I'm knocked out. Yeah. But you're reminded like, hey, like, this is the expectation. You need to, you need to be locked in. You need to be hype. Like, you're the hype man. Like, that's my role, which is really nice because I'm glad my role isn't hitting home runs because <laughs> I just can't do that. I, you still hit home runs. Let's not be confused there. <laughs> I do, but it's a much easier role of you're the hype man. I can control yeah. that. I can control mm-hmm. my energy. I can control my attitude. How, I mean, I love how you talk about like energy as in something that's what you control, right? Like yeah. your energy, your effort, those are all like things you can bring. But how is that expectation? Like, does it ever get a lot to carry to constantly be smiling and screaming when maybe, you know, you're having a hard day at the plate, right? Like we play a game of failure. So how are you able to keep that up? Or what do you have to tell yourself mentally in those hard moments? Yeah, it's hard, especially when I'm not playing good. I have really struggled. I guess it came with maturity of like, all right, you have your 30 seconds when you get out. Mm. So when I, after I hit and I get out, all right, touch first base, go to my dugout, just take my stuff off. I can be pissed off as long as I want for those 30 seconds. And by the time the next pitch is thrown, you're right back in your cheering. And I can say whatever I want. And it might not be good. And it's probably not what Jesus wants to hear. But <laughs> it's what I need to get out in those 30 seconds. And then by the time the next pitch is thrown, I'm back in it just like that. I love it. And speaking of Jesus, I have been wanting to talk about this with you because I absolutely admire so much the faith that your team has. Yeah. And I mean, before I dive into that, like, do you have a personal experience? Like, how have you found the Lord? Like, how has that come into your life, that relationship? And how does it play out on the field for you? Well, my testimony is uh, pretty crazy, to be honest. I'm actually supposed to be getting baptized soon. Oh my goodness. I've been talking about it. I need to do it this season. I really want to do it this season, but I want my family to be there. And I've actually been like writing out five different testimonies that I could say out loud. I always knew of God growing up. My parents prayed. We would go to church, but it's because of softball, which is a horrible excuse, but we didn't really have a lot of time. But when I got here, I was surrounded by it. And Grace Lyons and Lindsay Elam, like, I would be like, so what does this mean? Like, wait, what's Easter exactly? Like, what exactly happened? Or like, so he like died on the cross. And I'd ask all these questions and they'd be like, yep, right here. Like, I know it. Or let's go read it. And like, just kind of leading the way. And I was very intrigued, like my freshman year I was like, ah, oh, like I like it, but I don't like I know of him, but I'm not a follower mm-hmm. of him at the time. I feel like is a good label to put on it. But I just continued like, oh, like, wow, like this makes my heart like feel joyful. Like when I read it, I am happy that I did. I'm glad that I did. And I don't think a lot of people talk about how you feel after you win. Mm-hmm. After I won the first national championship, the next day I'm like, okay, now what? Yeah. No one tells you what to do. Okay. Like, I guess in a week I start lifting and hitting again, but like, (laughs) it's a really weird feeling about a week or two after winning. And so after we won the first one, I was like, okay, I want to get saved. Like, I love Jesus. I want Jesus in my heart. Like, this is something that I want to dedicate myself to. So I did it about last year, right before regionals. And then I went through probably one of the worst, like mental health things I've ever gone through. 
actually took a day off like right before regionals. I wasn't okay. Obviously pushed through, went through regionals, went through supers, went through the World Series, won, and it went like a complete downhill. I was not okay. I was like, why do I not feel joy from winning my second national championship? (laughs) And it was a weird feeling like, why am I not so happy? Why am I like not just full with joy? And it's like these worldly things, these worldly customs that we think that will bring (laughs) us joy. And as soon as you get it, it's like, yay, (laughs) now what? And I think that's when I really found Jesus truly. I think I was learning about him and I felt him in my heart. But after we won the second one, I realized I need Jesus in my life. I need him in my heart all the time. I want to get baptized because obviously some these world things that we have, these treasures that we get are not life fulfilling. But Jesus is fulfilling for me. And that is something that brings me joy every single day. And like when I read my Bible, like that makes me happy. Yeah. But no one really talks about how to feel after you win. Like for real. It's crazy. I mean, like I have to tell you, I have like goosebumps (laughs) right now. I mean, seriously, because what you said is so powerful. And like I hope people listening like can be brought with so much joy and comfort in that because here you are, like you have won two back-to-back national championships. Like you think you would be filled with like so much just content. Yeah. And it's, I mean, guess you were, don't get me wrong, but it's like you wake up the next day, you're like, okay, like what's next? Like why, why don't I feel full? Why don't I, because like, it's not possible, right? Like the only thing that can fill you is, is God and his faith. And, you know, I haven't had a chance to talk about, you know, my faith on this podcast. So I'm so happy that you were able to just bring light to that because I think as athletes, it's so hard to see who we are on the field as like our entire identity. Mm-hmm. And especially when you get into college athletics, I mean, it is so scary. And it's like all of a sudden your identity is whatever your outcome is in your sport. And that's the only way you can see yourself. And, and even when you're you and you're succeeding in your sport, it's still not enough that at the end of the day, when you go home or when your sport's finished, you're like, I'm still missing something. And that's like his love, his grace, his beauty. Yes. And I love that so much about your story because it's so real and it's so powerful. And I'm just so grateful. And thank you for yeah. sharing and opening up. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love that. And I guess I'm so curious. So your team, it seems like so many people have these strong faiths and I'm always seeing baptized and, and all these people and all these beautiful things. Like, do people come in with a lot of strong faith or is it something that's really just inspired because, you know, you have teammates who are preaching the Bible and they're mm-hmm. like, what's this light? And I want to join into it. How does that work? Yeah. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I know there's been like Q, Quincy just got baptized. I know she knew mm-hmm. of God before, but most definitely when she came in here, the community around her is what brought her to Jesus and to realize that. And I think that's the bond. Like when we were talking earlier, like with teammates, we have a bond that I don't think anyone else can just do that. Mm. It has to be heartfelt. And I think that's what honestly makes us stronger. And I wouldn't say like, not our whole team isn't believes in Christ. Mm-hmm. But even when we do talk about Christ and like playing free, like it's already written, they can still take that as, okay, like I don't believe in Christ, but it is already, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? I think- yes. We don't pressure people into like, mm-hmm. oh, you need to get baptized or, oh, you need to come to this Bible study. But I think when a lot of people are doing it and like when like 
we have talks like this with our teammates all the time and I'm telling my testimony and my story, I think they get moved to where like, wait, maybe that's what I'm missing. Mm. Like I feel that emptiness sometimes, even when I am playing good or when I'm really playing bad, like I really feel that emptiness. So hearing other people's testimonies and like when we just have Bible studies and we're like, hey, just like come, like, I mean, you don't have to get your own Bible or whatever, but just come and listen. Like maybe something will speak out to you. And then that's just how it starts. And it's just like a whole domino effect of, wow, like maybe that's what I'm missing. And then they just kind of like, oh, well, maybe I'll just get a Bible and I'll just kind of read. And then it just yeah. goes and goes. And then someone gets baptized. And we're like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus won no. today. <laughs> yes. I love that. I'm fortunate. I lead our team Bible studies and it's so true. Where it's like, you don't have to come and just be a believer, but it's like a way of life that I think, mm-hmm. even if you're not going to connect it exactly to faith, but you learn to love others and to mm-hmm. give people grace. Like there's so many things you can still take away from it. Yeah. And so I'm so curious now, right? Like you win your second national championship and you come to this conclusion where you don't feel absolutely fulfilled. And, you know, now you tell me you want to be baptized soon. You seem like you've really found the Lord within softball. How has that been different for you this season? Oh, it's a complete game changer. I mean, I've struggled with like anxiety and depression, Mm -hmm. especially in years before, just because of, I don't know if you want to say pressure, but just the, the life that we live. Yeah. And this year, I have no anxiety. I'm like, it's all in his mm. hands. And like, obviously I still struggle. There's times where I'm going to bed at night. And I'm like, oh my God, like I need to do this or I need to be watching film or like what I need to do tomorrow. Like, I'm like, stop Jada. It's just give it to him. Stop. Jesus loves you. I say these things over yeah. and over in my head until I fall asleep. And like, sometimes when it's really bad. So like, usually I count back from like a hundred. And then like, if that mm. is working, I'm like, all right, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And like, that is what's helped me. And I think it shows on the field because I'm just, I'm free. And there's no reason to have all this anxiety and work up about something. Obviously I'm going to have it, but letting it linger and build up is something that I used to let happen in the past. And now it's like, nope, give it, shove it away. It's not yours. It's his, he's got it. Just trust him, which is probably one of the hardest parts (laughs) about Mm -hmm. your faith is your faith and just trusting and just knowing that he has this bigger plan and like you are just seeing something so small that's right in front of you. And you have no idea this huge thing that he is creating for you. And that's what really gives me peace in my heart and in my mind is that there's no reason to worry and have this anxiety about this kind of stuff. You have such a beautiful heart. Like I can see him working (laughs) through you and I love it so much. And I hope everyone can hear it and feel it as well. Yes, thank you. Yes, of course. Oh my goodness. Just letting go of that control. That is key. So obviously now, you know, you guys are killing it this season. And one thing I want to talk about is you guys go from number one to number two. I don't know if that even phased you, but it's obviously the first time that happened in a long time. And then you guys come out and you have an absolute like statement win Mm -hmm. first UCLA. Like that was unreal. And I want to get a little bit into that game of kind of like what your guys' thoughts were behind that. But also I want to take a second to recognize how cool it was just the atmosphere. Like we walked and we saw the crowd. It was nuts. Yeah. And not to mention you guys are MLB Network. Like it's shout out to the sport that's growing. That's so incredible. And I love hearing it so much. But without further ado, please talk me through all of those things within that game. So it's kind of weird. Like when people are like, oh, like 
they were just so mad about Baylor that they just came out and wanted to put it on UCLA. And I can't speak for the whole team, but for me, I'm like, we just went and just played our game. Like, yeah. I think a lot of like the fans, like they try to hype it up and I get it, but I'm like, we're not mad. Like it's a game. We lost. Like, yes, <laughs> yeah. it sucks. We don't want to lose. But like the next day it's over with. We lost to Baylor. It's fine. Like go to the next game. And mm-hmm. like they say like, oh, y'all put it on Baylor because or you put it on UCLA because y'all lost to Baylor. I'm like, no, we just played our game. And we just play like how we always play. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you're on and sometimes you're off. So I just think that that's funny. But what's crazy is how fast this game is growing. Mm. And it's crazy to look at like just the past two years, like being a part of greatness and being a part of something that is so much bigger than me and that is growing at a rapid speed. And to just see these little girls like, like, I don't like to see like the attention on me, but these girls love us. They want to be us. Like, and you see like little boys now. I have boys asking for my autograph. And I'm like, do you play baseball? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, are you a sister? And he's like, no, I'm just here with my dad. I'm like, that is freaking legit. Because usually yes. the brother's just there because he got pulled along and he had to go to the softball game. But now <laughs> we're having 12-year-old, 14-year-old boys that play baseball and are just coming to softball games, which I just think I'm like right on. I love that. And it's so powerful to be a part of something that is truly growing. Even just being alongside like Jocelyn Allo, she grew mm-hmm. the sport. She really did. And just representing everything that she did for Hawaii, like Odyssey Alexander, like just watching her and everything that she mm-hmm. did for the sport. I think it just makes everyone just want to continue that in whatever way that they can, which mine might be energy, bringing passion to the game. If that's what's going to grow the game, that's what I'm going to do. It's just crazy to think about like all those people watching. I'm like, can you build a new stadium? Oh, Obviously, these people are coming. Yes. That's a whole nother topic I can get into. Of <laughs> them needing to build stuff and it needs to be in a hurry and the marketing. I'm like, y'all need to get on this like ASAP. I love that. You have a new stadium coming out soon, correct? Yes, finally, finally. Okay. And that will be done next year or when, what's the timing of that? Yeah, I think I'll be able to play in it next year. So amazing. I was my seventh grade year. I remember coach saying, yeah, we're getting a field soon. Five years later, two national championships later, it's now getting built. But finally, yep, it's getting built. The time is now. And we obviously can talk about OKC where, you know, I was fortunate we made it last year and to play on that field is like the biggest dream come true for any softball yeah. player. Like it's such an indescribable feeling to see the crowd. And you're so right. Like it's what, 17,000? And I think you could pack a whole nother 17,000. Yep. And it would be sold out, which, you mm-hmm. know, I think mostly with Oklahoma fans, I feel like it's kind of a home <laughs> game for you guys. I'm not going yeah. lie. But yeah. I mean, either way, it is just such a special atmosphere Talk me through, like, help me describe what it's like when you step on that field in OKC. I mean, like you said, it's an indescribable feeling. I mean, I would say 99% of us have gone to a College World Series game when we were 12, 14, 16, and literally dreaming, like, all I want to do is just be on that field. And it's really weird because you're like, oh my gosh, like, this is the College World Series, but the bases are the same. The ball hasn't changed. The bat hasn't changed. You're wearing the same uniform you were wearing two months ago when you were playing at home. So it's an unimaginable feeling. And I really don't think you can really describe it. It's just 
you get joy. I feel joy when I'm at the College World Series because I'm not just because of the game, but watching all the people that are watching softball and that they are there screaming and yelling their lungs out <laughs> just for the game of softball and just watching the game grow. Like when they built the extra deck, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's legit. Now wrap it around. Yes. Wrap around all, <laughs> wrap it around all the way around. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you are 110% right. It's so much bigger than us. It's, you know, about mm-hmm. the next generation. It's like, we feel spoiled and we feel so blessed in what we've been able to experience because even five years ago, right? Like we're experiencing something on such a bigger stage. And it's like, I just wanted to keep growing because mm-hmm. people fall in love with the sport. But what people fall in love with is like how people like you play. You know, mm-hmm. that's why people love softball. They love the passion. They love the energy. They, like, they love the personal stories behind it. Yeah. And what do you want your story to be? Like when someone's tuning in to Oklahoma and they say you, like, what do you want the younger girls to think about when they see you? I think for me is I want people to know that I'm real and that I'm not just an athlete. I'm not just a softball player. And I, I know these girls, they know of me because I play softball. But I hope that they're also following, like, I'm a big advocate for mental health. I'm a big advocate for breast cancer awareness. And knowing that, yes, I'm a student athlete. I'm a great softball player. I play for OU. But I also want them to know that they're more than just an athlete. Mm-hmm. Like, you can play softball, yes, and love the game, but also use it in your advantage to advocate whatever their values are, which pancreatic cancer or whatever mm-hmm. they, Black History Month, if they want it, like, social justice issues, whatever their thing is use the sport to advocate for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I want little girls to know that, yeah, Jade is really good at softball, but she also is advocating for this. Or Mm -hmm. I just love when she talks about mental health, or I love when she's just real and she talks about her experiences. And I feel like for a while, I feel like athletes would do interviews and they just said what they needed to say. And it was very underlining, especially when it came around like mental health, yeah, very underlining, just say what she needed to say. And I think a lot of athletes now are like, I need to speak of what's on my mind because this is a real issue that we're talking about. And this is something that is important to me. And that's why I just hope, I hope people don't think that I'm just Jada that's on the field, that plays center because there's a lot more to me. And that's something that I had to learn is that you're not just a softball player that plays center field and does bucks or whatever, but I'm a mm-hmm. lot more than that. And that I should be advocating for certain things. And with the platform, I've been blessed to reach these younger girls that can be looking up to me and. I just want them to know that they should be advocating for something, which they're probably 12 now, but when they get to the point, whatever it is, I want them to know that they can speak up and they can say what they need to say and stand for what they need to stand for. Yes. Vulnerability is strength to its core. And I agree. I think there's been such a shift of mentality within society where I felt like before, you know, athletes, it was like, go on, perform. Like you're the entertainment, kind of keep your mouth shut because you don't want to lose fans. You don't want to lose money, sponsorships. And now it's like, no, like, let me use my platform for good. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, we are humans too. Yeah. And we all have a story. And I guess I'm so curious about what are kind of your, your dreams and your aspirations like beyond softball or in the next few years? Yeah. I mean, that's something I've been reflecting on, like literally like now, past couple of months, I'm in my junior year of college. I'm like, okay, I finally come to the conclusion that I'm more than just a softball player, but like, now what do you want to do? So I'm not sure. I thought about maybe like being like a representative and like getting female athletes NIL money 
like doing those type of things, which I can see me doing, but I don't know why, but for the longest time, my dream has always been an elementary school teacher. I love kids. I just think they're just so funny and they're just so lighthearted. And just for the past 15 years, I feel like my life has not been lighthearted mm-hmm. and easy and just fun and bubbly. And so just a change of pace of just being an elementary school teacher has been on my heart for the longest time. I was also in a PALS class. It's called PALS in high school where I mm-hmm. like did like the Special Olympics with like the special needs kids. And I absolutely loved it. And I feel so much joy because I just know like those type of people, like they don't know that you have money. They don't know who you are. They didn't know I was Jada Coleman in high school. Like they didn't know the back to it. They just felt with their heart. And I just really love doing stuff. Like I love kids and I love just to be in that kind of environment. It's just so lighthearted and it's so bubbly. I love that. And yeah. I could absolutely see you 110% succeeding in that <laughs> and being amazing and touching so many people's lives. And I have to tell you, again, I played against you for years, but getting to know you on a deeper level, like you are such a special person on the inside out. And I hope, I know you talk about like, I want people to know Jada Coleman off the field. Yeah. And I feel like people truly got a glimpse of that today. And honestly, I, I could talk to you for so many more hours and ask you, <laughs> I was like, please go in depth on everything you were saying. So yeah. maybe we'll have to have you back on, but it has been such a pleasure. I cannot thank you enough for just who you are for the sport, but also, like you said, you're so much more than that. You're raising awareness. You're truly using your platform for good to express mm. faith, mental health, and so much else. Like, yeah. if no one sold you today, like you are beautiful for who you are, <laughs> not as a softball player. Yes. And I'm so blessed to know you and for this time with you. And thank you so much for coming on from the Players yes. Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're doing this. This is literally awesome that you're doing this and just kind of getting the inside scoop. And I think it's great what you're doing. I really do. Thank you. I have to say, it has been so rewarding. Like, you know, I've had this dream for a while and I'm a senior now. I'm like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now. Yeah. And I was so like, I wonder how the outreach is going to be. And the amount of softball players that I reached out to, it's like within a few minutes, Mm -hmm. like you were like, yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that speaks volume to who the women in our sport are. Yeah. Like, they're like, I will, you know, we have crazy lives, but everyone's like, no, I will give my time because like, I want to share my story and I want to help yeah. younger girls. And that's what's so special about, I truly believe women in sport. And so I'm yeah. so excited to have all these conversations with people <laughs> like you and for people to yes. keep tuning in. And hopefully there's more and more to come. Yes, I hope so too. That's awesome what you're doing. Awesome. Well, thank you. And I will actually see you in like two weekends. Yeah. Wow, we'll see you in two weekends. It's crazy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jada, again. I really appreciate your time. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a -a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network.